welcome to Down to a Fine Art Podcast. I'm Anna, again. <laughs> I'm Izzy. And I think the idea today is we're going to be talking about a few artists that we like, for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, you're going to find out, so... Yeah. <laughs> we had we initially had this segment um, on an earlier episode, but we kind of cut it out because we were really rabbiting on about uh, art practice. So we were like, okay, let's keep to the point and move this segment to a whole new episode. So yeah, we've been just we were just chatting before the before the podcast and we had a lot of very like directly related artists to our practice and we wanted to make sure that we're not gonna be just talking about our own practice again. So you'll notice throughout the episode, Izzy and I will try and keep each other on track. Um, <laughs> if one of us goes off on a self indulgent tangent about our practice, we'll be like, Ha-ham, bring it back to the point, please. Um, <laughs> we need like little hand signals. To we be do. Like, Stop. Yeah. Rain it in. <laughs> Stop. Stop chatting away. But yeah, we also kind of thought it in in that similar kind of vein, like idea that it would be good to sort of look for some artists outside of just kind of traditional fine art roots. So we have a we've done a little Instagram stalk and we've got some of them sprinkled in as well, hopefully. We do. But yeah, who did you want to go first, Izzy? Would you like to um, pick an artist, introduce them? Yeah, go on. Where it takes um, us. Should I go for like fine arty artist or shall I go for Ooh. someone a little oh I tell you what I'll start with a fine art one because I feel like that leads on quite nicely from the previous episode where we spoke about our practice yeah I feel like that works yeah okay right so I think the first person I'm probably going to talk about is an artist called Solomon Kammer so Solomon is a painter oil painter um she's I believe she's in Melbourne or Brisbane in Australia. I should have looked that up, which one? Um, or maybe I should have just said she's in Australia because that has the same effect. So we're going to go with that. But um, yeah, so she does a lot of oil paintings. Um, a lot of them are self-portraits, but not all of them. She does kind of use other people as models as well. Um, and I think the reason I'm quite interested in her is Obviously, if you have listened to the previous episode, we spoke a lot about what our practice is, like what it's around. And a lot of mine is kind of quite focused on sort of like um, disability and chronic illness. Um, So Solomon Kammer, um, I actually found not that long ago, a couple of months ago, I think. And the reason I started looking at her is because she is an artist who has endometriosis, which is the same condition that I have. Well, one of the conditions. I've got an exciting little bag of them, but um, that's just one of them. So she did like a series, um, kind of some of her slightly earlier work, she has moved on from it slightly now, um, surrounding endometriosis and representations of the disease. I would definitely recommend looking at her Instagram, particularly actually her website is fantastic as well. That's a really good one. And yeah, she's just got some really interesting paintings. It's a shame that obviously this is a podcast and I can't like visually show you an image. Um, <laughs> we've chosen the wrong like medium. <laughs> and we honestly have, I don't know why we did this. Um, God damn it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I try, let me think about, um, yeah, so for example, one of the paintings she did, I think it was the first one I saw that I really connected with um, is, I'm to my knowledge, it's quite big. I think she paints in quite large scale. And obviously oil paint, it's basically an image of her sort of from aerial shot, like her lying on her bed naked. And it's basically, it's so frustrating that I can't just show you the image, but her way of working is very kind of 
textured and almost buttery. Um, oh, that's such a lovely word for it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll go with buttery. Uh, so she does, yeah, she kind of, there's almost like this blurring of boundaries between what is her, what is fabric, what is, um, again, like colouring, she chooses really, really interesting colourings and there's definitely this slight kind of inclination towards sort of reds and like the warmer colours. Obviously, just very brief description, if you don't know what endometriosis is, it's basically where cells that um, form the lining of a uterus grow in the wrong places in your body. Um, so when the person with the uterus obviously goes through like, you know, normal cycle, um, it basically means that they suffer from internal bleeding, um, which obviously is excruciatingly painful. It can lead to a lot of other complications, including the need for organ removal. And your organs can actually fuse together as well. It's a, it's a really nasty thing to have. And there's a lot of medical gaslighting involved in it, obviously, because it's aimed at women. And <laughs> she that. very, very cleverly kind of captures all of that in this image and this kind of feeling of being very vulnerable and like I said colour wise you're kind of not quite sure if what you're looking at is skin or if it's blood or mm. maybe it's fabric it's really really cleverly done um and I think the reason I took so much of an interest in her work is because I could see myself in it it was a very it was honestly quite an emotional experience you know like obviously this disease is invisible and you are more often than not told you are making it up really hard to diagnose um, I was very lucky that I was able to get surgery to diagnose it and that's the only way you can get a diagnosis is through surgery so there's like a lot of kind of sort of almost like heaviness behind her paintings mm. um, and it was really nice to be able to like look at this painting and the position that she was kind of twisted into and like I said the really interesting choice of colour the kind of almost like yeah buttery kind of texture I'm it really just, enjoying that word <laughs> I know it's good isn't it <laughs> um but yeah it was just a really interesting thing to look at and be able to like see yourself in so yeah that's that's one of the artists I like I definitely recommend yeah, checking them out that's yeah a gorgeous description as I keep saying I'm obsessed <laughs> with the word buttery I was gonna say like from what I've seen of it which obviously isn't I haven't looked at it as intensely as you have um from what I remember it's quite like painterly as well like you kind of quite mm. like gestural like you can see brush strokes is that right or have I kind of projected yeah that? yeah no it is it's really kind of like one of the examples is she has quite a lot of tattoos and the tattoos aren't you know they're not like really really meticulously painted they're very kind of gestural and they're really lovely it's her work is great to look at yeah I think it's also interesting that you mentioned about like the fabric because I hadn't picked up on that when I looked at it again like I say quite briefly but like yeah um I think the use of fabric is quite it tie the it ties in quite well with kind of the idea of it being a like a female issue um, because mm. I think so my tutor recommended this or said she was reading this book which I've completely forgotten what it's called but it was something like I could probably have a look through my journal but then there'll just be a load of sound of like page turning I'll do it, I'll do it quietly in the background um, <laughs> oh no oh no I'm looking at um, it was something it was something like sort of. The Threads of Life, The Threads of Life, that's what it was called. Okay. And she said it was kind of like a feminist history of, like, embroidery. And generally, I guess, like, maybe a bit wider than that, kind of... It, it has, you know, historically sort of clothes-making and anything to do with fabric has been a sort of 
female-dominated world, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think mm. there's a really interesting kind of link there to that, that side of it. And there's a lot... I just feel like fabric is a very underrated personally i have not used fabric very much in my work and i'm like ooh, that is something i would like to tie in because it's just so like sort of it's got a lot of history behind it yeah like a lot of kind of weight to it i feel like you could do a lot with it yeah and it's like obviously yeah it's got that history and the kind of material associations but it's also like a gorgeous thing to paint and very like tactile kind of nature which i think again is something that's very important about solomon Kammer's work is that it's like, I don't know if, I, I always really struggle with this with Izzy when we've talked about this before and that like, I don't know quite the right word for it or like how to describe it, but it's like, <laughs> so I think tactile kind of comes close. Like you can very much like, even from a person, a perspective who, you know, I haven't suffered in the same way, you know, with endometriosis, but like I look at the painting and it's like, I can kind of, I don't know, I can just like feel it. Something in my body just kind of like registers with it. So I don't know. I don't know how to put that into words, but it's very... Um... I would say that that's a pretty good way of sort of saying it. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think I get what you mean. Yeah. Hopefully other people... Maybe it's just because we're friends. Like, yeah. I've got to the stage where I'm like, oh, yes, I understand what you're you trying to say to me. You've heard me to say this like five times now. Um, <laughs> I was also going to say that... Um, because you were saying, you know, look up their Instagram. Definitely, absolutely, please do look these people up as we say their names. But I guess we can also try and put them in some kind of <laughs> description box. I'm I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, hopefully in some kind of description box, um, you know, associated with the podcast. I'm trying to think now of what um, artist I have that's kind of like, that would lead on quite nicely from that. Because I have mm. a big old list in front of me, but we were saying we don't want to make this too list-like. But, uh, Oh, I'm getting really tenuous links of like, I've got artists that are female. That's so annoying. Um, oh, I guess. Well, so one of the artists I have here is Erica Van Loon, who I annoyingly, I don't know that much about. Like she, it was kind of hard to, I researched her about a year ago. So already there's that. My terrible memory is like forgetting <laughs> details. And then I don't think there was that much information about her. I know she has a publication out, which looks fascinating, but it's I, I think it was like only available in, I want to say, oh, I don't know what country. It wasn't available here and I couldn't get hold of it and I was very sad. But one thing I did see, one piece of artwork, um, I think it was called Sacrum. I don't if, know if I'm saying that right. Or if that's the name, I really should have done some more research. Um, but basically what it is, is a kind of um, a very close-up drawing or possibly etching of um, like a, a bone at the bottom of your, of like a human spines. I presume the bone is called like a sacrum or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, it is. Nice. Um, and a, oh, there's... Oh, this is getting really hazy now in my mind. But like, I think she was saying that the reason one of the reasons she was kind of attracted to that bone is like it's the base of the spine like it's a very important bone biologically but then it also has important spiritual associations i think or something like that anyway that's that's not quite the that was just a bit of background like that's not necessarily exactly what it was that drew me to it but um the piece itself i really liked how it was kind of it made a land it makes a landscape out of this kind of bone um, you wouldn't looking at it initially you wouldn't know that it was a bone like it does look like a, some kind, kind of mythical mystical Ooh. landscape um, and I've done some quite oh I'm already getting onto the territory of here's my practice but just to, for context I did some drawings then kind of with a similar idea of 
and I'm still doing this now, like really, really close up drawings of kind of rock surfaces, making them look like vast landscapes. And I really like this idea that you're kind of confusing the the macro sort of scale with a micro scale. Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that has kind of is similar links in that, you know, it's something kind of bodily that is being used. Um, but yeah, I guess in a very different way, <laughs> like it's kind of, yeah, I don't know if it's, I was going to say it's maybe more scientific, but I don't know if that's true at all. Like it's just because it's a bone, it doesn't mean it's at all like a biological, like a cold, hard biological drawing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's, it's still very, um, sort of, I don't know what the right word is. There's definitely, there's a link there. Like maybe it's a kind of tactileness or like the sort of, like the sensitivity with which it's like, they've both been made. I guess yeah. this would be helpful if I could show you izzy the drawing but yeah <laughs> definitely one to look up later so yeah i think that was that's an, another interesting artist that i've been enjoying i don't know if there's any i'm trying to work out if like is there any other artists you have that kind of link onto that or Ooh, um... it's like a little game of like artist tennis i'm like here's my art it is a little bit tenuously links um <laughs> i really that was quite a bad one well not a bad one for me to pick but that was a difficult one to talk about because, like I said, my memories of it are hazy. So <laughs> I, I should have, I've got a long, long list of, of artists in front of me and I have not researched all of them recently. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. <laughs> um, let me have a think. I mean, I suppose there's an artist I quite like that can kind of come on from maybe this use of natural material, I guess. Ooh, nice. Possibly. Nice, nice. Yeah. Maybe. Bit of a bit of a stretch, but we're gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um so he's actually a photographer. Um so he's called Joel Sator and he I I'm pretty sure that he actually works for the National Geographic. Um and I'm pretty sure he's done like, you know, lots of different works. I'm sure he's got quite a large thing that he does. Um but the part that I'm specifically quite interested in is he does this thing called the photo arc. And the idea behind it is that he wants to be able to take pictures of and basically document every, every living creature in the world. Um, and honestly, he's doing really well. Like, the list he's got through is genuinely quite immense. Um, yeah, I just... There's something about that that really interests me. I think this idea of... Uh, I guess because I'm very interested in, like, sort of nature and animals and that. And I follow him on Instagram, and it's nice that he posts you know, every every day, every couple of days or something, he'll post a picture of another animal. And I mean, I'm, I'm quite knowledgeable about that kind of stuff. Like, I've been interested in it since I was a kid. And yet, I, every time he posts something, I learn something new. And I think that, honestly, that's a really interesting part of art that people can forget about, is that art can be so educational. Mm. Um, and I guess it goes back to that idea of, you know, people learn in different ways. Some people are, like, kinetic learners. Some people learn by like repeating stuff um and I think visual learning is such an important thing but I think it's it's not often fully explored and I think art can be such a great step in for that I mean particularly when it comes to things like biology nature um all natural things I think if you can include imagery in that and like maybe like a little fact to go along with it I just think it's a lot more engaging I mean maybe that's just me but I love the fact that I can open up Instagram and I'll see a picture of like some really weird type of fish and then like a little fact about it. And I'm like, oh, I've learned something new today. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's just nice to think that 
I'm pretty sure his intention behind it is to obviously, you know, document all these animals, but also show what diversity there actually is. It's not as simple as, you know, oh yeah, there are fish in the sea and there are a few different types. There's so much complexity to nature. And I think people often maybe forget that. And I think if people kind of could see it a bit more and see the variety that we have, they'd be a bit more inclined to care about it. Mm. And yeah, so I think this idea is he wants to kind of highlight, I suppose, animals that could be in danger or kind of habitats that could be in danger or, yeah, I guess like bringing attention to kind of some really, really interesting species. Mm. Um, So yeah, a little bit different. I know we don't really talk about photography much, but... No, we don't, to be fair. Um, And I also think Instagram as a platform and a kind of like way of sharing your art is a really interesting one in that Mm. it's kind of like, like you were saying, he's, he's on your feed. He's like kind of popping briefly into your life every once, um, every couple (laughs) of days kind of thing. Um, And it's just that like little and often presence. It's kind of, if you're looking to get, get more art in your life or, you know, kind of just, yeah, like you were saying, just kind of learn, but it not being such a heavy task of like oh let's sit down and read this whole book and learn all about every animal on the planet like it's just such a nice little kind of way of just following someone and then when you're scrolling through instagram which let's be honest we all do far more than we should um like then you've got a little bit of bonus content in your life so yeah i think instagram as a platform is i don't know if i would say it's underrated because let's be honest it's not like a little niche kind of like underground app that no one's heard of like very much most people are on instagram but i think as a way of consuming art I personally have been um, trying to follow more artists and kind of more actively like curate my feed, if that makes sense, um, mm. recently than rather than just it being kind of even just not just like following big art institutions, like for the sake of being like, oh, guess I've got to follow some art, like kind of follow, following those rabbit holes um, on Instagram that you can fall down and like even following hashtags and things like that, I think a really, really useful way of yeah like distributing knowledge and like you were saying his art his um photography kind of it aims to kind of educate as well as being kind of art which is absolutely something that goes hand in hand um so yeah Yeah. I think that's a really interesting one just making that learning quite accessible and I think having writing going along with your art is another whole ballpark that we can go into like (laughs) writing as art and like writing as a complementary sort of piece to an artwork um in quotation marks um I think is something that's really interesting and I want to do more in my practice which I'm not going to go into because we're not talking about our practice but um (laughs) like I do want to do more of it I'm just like oh god I can't write (laughs) honestly I'm the same it's something that like I said really I think it's such a great thing to include I just I can't write (laughs) I I just can't (laughs) I mean I'm sure we can. We just have to like, it's just knowing where to start and like how to build up that skill when we're already yeah. trying to like learn how to paint well and like you know we, we're all we're learning so many things already. It's kind of overwhelming to be like, okay, let me learn, let me add learning to write well <laughs> onto that. Oh dear, oh dear. Maybe maybe another episode we should delve into that a bit more. Definitely, and also I'm trying to think what. I have two artists now that link quite well. Oh, well, mm, I say quite well. That's maybe a stretch. Um, One of them is an Instagram photographer, which is kind of the link. And the other one is sort of um, an artist that works quite well 
like her way of working is very scientific, similar to how this um, guy's. I've actually forgotten his name. What did you say his name was? Uh, Joe Sator. Oh, okay. Yeah, similar to how he has quite a scientific like way of making art. So let me offer it up to you, Izzy. Would you rather a um, an Instagram photographer or a sort of scienty science? That's not a word. Sciency artist. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to go sciency. I like the sound of that. Okay. Right. Okay. So this this artist is called Rachel. I think I guess her surname is pronounced Sussman. Um, Maybe like Sosman, I don't know. Um, but again, I really need to have researched my people better because I've looked at I looked at her um, work. Gosh, I think it might have been in my foundation course. There was an exhibition on. So I'm from like near Oxford, and there was an exhibition on at Modern Art Oxford called. Um, uh, okay, I shouldn't have said. Oh, what's the name of it? That's gonna really bug me. It was something to do with like. Maybe it was like, oh no, I'm not going to remember the name, but that's infuriating. If I remember it, I will put it in the description of this video, not video, um, podcast, <laughs> nice. that medium. Um, but yeah, it was basically a collective of kind of artists working around ideas of climate, climate change, climate crisis. And so, yeah, this artist, her, she she's kind of been working on one sustained project for many, many years. And it's called, I have a book uh the oldest living things in the world um so it's kind of clues in the title there of what's happening um she's kind of going around the world um taking pictures of and documenting the oldest living things in the world (laughs) kind of (laughs) self-explanatory um and so i think she's drawn like a minimum requirement or like she's not documenting not documenting anything younger than 2,000 years. So everything she's documenting is 2,000 years plus, obviously all of them living, although it's quite interesting. Obviously the definitions of like living get a bit more sort of scientific, maybe as opposed to like, I don't know if it's, it's certainly not like, obviously there's no 2,000 year old humans kind of thing. We're talking like trees um, and various types of like, uh, I think there's like fungi. I have a book. I have, she's, she's, published a book and I've got a big hefty book of it which I haven't looked at in a while again I need to up my game um but yeah so I guess it's quite interesting because it's to all intents and purposes it's kind of a science project like it is very scientific she's having to go through kind of scientific proposals and contacting scientists who are looking at these organisms um and being like you know hi can I come and because some of them have like their locations are intentionally kept secret yeah they are aren't they so that people can't just you know, tourists can't just wander up like the liabilities they yeah. are <laughs> and start like engraving their names in it and stuff like that. So obviously it's, you know, she's and she's having to get lots of funding to literally kind of fly around the world and do this. But I think it's interesting in that it's kind of the criteria doesn't quite align itself with a science project. Like there's no, you know, kind of... And also I'm using these terms art and science in quotation marks because it is kind of drawing weird categories that maybe don't need to be drawn but like no no science this it kind of surprised me at first that this isn't already a science project but then I was like it's kind of like science draws the boundaries in different ways they'd maybe look at kind of like a certain tree species or a certain like they'd look at them more individually rather than like this kind of yeah that's a really good point actually across the world vibe yeah so it's it's interesting and for somebody for people like Izzy and I (laughs) who are quite scientifically minded in some yeah. ways um it's it's quite a science uh, sorry quite a satisfying project to look at and i think it's ongoing um but i could be wrong 
Um, but yeah, so that was my link. I think it's a kind of similar yeah. vibe of like just yeah, traveling and documenting and photographing. I wonder if she has Instagram actually. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I was gonna say yeah. What's her name actually? Because honestly, I'm loving the sound of this, and I want to look into it myself. I want to look on Instagram, but I don't want to like mess up the recording. Hang on. Um, okay, it's fine. We're still recording. Let me look on Instagram. So, how's I can't my my eyesight won't reach her book on my shelf. I think it's Rachel. Like, I need to be googling this. I'm sorry. Rachel with like A E. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it does. I think, but I could be wrong. Rachel, and then Sussman is S U double S man. Oh no, it's not. It's just it's just Rachel is in the okay. E. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, let me look on Instagram. Getting some real-time research going on here. Rachel Sussman. Are you on Instagram? Oh, there's somebody verified. Mm. Oh, I don't know which one it is. Okay. I think she might be on Instagram, but I don't 100% know. So that's nice and informative. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Her book is interesting. The Oldest Living Things in the World. It's just so satisfying. Izzy, I feel like I need to lend it to you because I think you'd enjoy Honestly, it. Honestly, I that sounds right up my street. That honestly sounds amazing. I don't know why I, didn't, I, don't know why I haven't thought of it earlier because it's literally in my Falmouth room with me now. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do have um, a similar kind of line. I have a lot of... Um, so this is fun little fact. When I was a kid, I didn't used to read storybooks. I used to read science books. <laughs> and I still have them all. They are very battered. Um, some of them were actually my dad's. Um, and there's I have a couple of books that are things... I think I've got one called um, The Book of Comparisons, which does... it has It's literally a book of comparisons. Like, it will compare the Eiffel Tower to the size of the biggest tree or... It's kind of, it still gives, it gives me like similar, similar kind of vibes, like this idea of like almost exploration within documentation. And I think that's such a cool thing to think about. I love stuff like that. Get so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Spark up your Sunday morning a bit. exciting. (laughs) Right then, should we have like, should we try one more artist each maybe? Yeah, maybe one more. I said, let's, let's keep it brief. Um, Who who am I going to go for? We've already fed up with the sound of our own voices. Jesus. I think that's the problem with podcasts is like listening back to them is almost torture. So, <laughs> um, okay, actually, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna. I feel like so far I've gone for artists who are maybe not that well known. So mm. I think I'm gonna continue down that track actually. Right, okay. And I'm gonna go for someone who. I'd say it's probably more illustration than art and mm. I honestly love with an undying passion. Um, so for this one, I would very, very much encourage everyone to go to either their website or their Instagram and they're called Harriet Lowther. Um, so Lowther is L-O-W-T-H-E-R and basically she does just these hilarious <laughs> illustrations of greyhounds and I just, I can't describe them to you unless you're looking at them. They're just so funny. <laughs> there's there's something so, I think, just enjoyable about her work. Like, it's not, it's not trying to be fancy. It's not trying to get into galleries. It's just trying to bring people a little bit of joy through art. And honestly, I think that is the best thing that art can do. 
Um, so she ha- she definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, I actually have Aww. a couple of her pieces as well, which is quite fun. So, yeah, I mean, basically the reason I got into her is throughout most of my life, we've rescued quite a lot of kind of lurchers and greyhounds. And obviously it kind of popped up on my feed and I must have just gone like, oh, wow, like, I love that. That's fantastic. And then started following her on Instagram. Um, and I'd say recently she started branching out into other animals. She did a drawing of a fox recently that I, oh, it's just so funny. Um, it's got little teeth and I just, I wish, I, I hope you're looking at this because it's just so good. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can tell by the way I'm talking about this that I honestly just love her stuff. Aww. And I mean, she does, obviously she does a lot of like sketchbook stuff. She does like original drawings and paintings um but she does a lot of ceramics as well which is also great um she does like pin badges she sells prints t-shirts um the whole lot um and I think there's actually definitely something to talk about within this idea of art and accessibility in art because art is a very exclusive kind of little club particularly the higher up you get Um, it becomes more and more predominantly rich people, predominantly white people and predominantly men. And I think there's something so nice about seeing art that you like and being able to buy it on a t-shirt if you can't afford the real thing. And I think it's great that you can get, you know, things that you actually use in everyday life. Like I know she sells like plant pots, she sells butter dishes with her work on. I think there's something lovely that you can see a piece of art, enjoy it, and actually include it into your life. Um, so I think there's something really nice about that as well. And again, she raises a lot of awareness for things like um, Galgos de Sol, um, which is a charity that rescues um, Galgos and kind of lurchers, greyhound type dogs, sighthounds uh, within Spain, which is where it's, they're particularly mistreated. And yeah, I think there's just something about her work that is just enjoyable like there's no ulterior motive to it you don't have to investigate or research or understand what she's trying to say you can literally open up her instagram take a look at a picture and be like do you know what i like that that's brought me a bit of joy today and i mean i think that's great oh yeah that's so important again like just the value of instagram as a kind of art platform is amazing Mm, definitely Um, that sounds, um, I really need to look her up now. Hang on. Just some more <laughs> live reactions coming through for you. So Harriet. 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 Laughter. I don't know how it's I think, oh, oh, is it like, oh, loathe. Yeah, L-O-W-T-H-E-R. Uh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I recognise these. I don't know, maybe you've shared them before, or maybe I've seen them before somewhere, but those are, oh, it's on a teapot. Oh. <laughs> That's so cute. They're sweet, aren't they? Oh, this is so cute. Oh, this is just bringing my Sunday so much joy. Oh, this little hedgehogs. I'm actually going to cry. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think there's also something about the materials she chooses to use as well and the way she uses them. And I think particularly, again, within art, and particularly within my own practice, I really struggle with perfectionism. And this idea of getting it looking just the way you want. And it's really nice to have almost like a role model, someone you can look to and be like, look, they're scribbling in a sketchbook. They're 
slapping a bit of paint on, they're including like weird colours, they're trying things out and cutting things up and putting it in a pattern and, you know, making mistakes in that. And I think that's a really refreshing thing to see. Mm. So yeah, I think following her has definitely helped with sort of my own hang-ups surrounding the work I produce. I think it's definitely... I look at her work, kind of her sketchbooks in particular, and there's nothing I don't like about them, and it kind of makes me think about my own work a little bit differently. kind of puts that context in place where you're like, hang on, if I were to post a picture of my sketchbook, would people also enjoy it, or am I just being a little bit pedantic? Am I being a bit too picky in my own work? And I think that's just a refreshing thing to think about. Yeah, that's a very good point in that it kind of relates to sort of yeah accessible doesn't just mean i'm trying to phrase this in a way that doesn't make it sound like a horrendous hierarchy but like it's accessible to anyone no matter like if you're trying to be you know sort of a in quotation like fine artist Mm. or if you're not like you can you can be just somebody who completely doesn't really care about art scrolling for instagram and it brings you some joy but it also you know like is you're kind of doing a fine art degree like trying to um work out your art practice and even like that's also applicable to you if that makes yeah. sense so it's kind of like I think that's a really nice sort of um place to situate your art practice and yeah that accessibility is really important yeah um so yeah that's actually really brought me that's warmed my heart <laughs> and I'm really trying to think of a good one to like respond to that with and I'm really struggling because like oh uh, I have a couple of Instagram ones. I mean, if you don't have one to like respond to, maybe as it's the last one, just choose the one you're interested in talking about. Oh, mm, yeah. I'm so indecisive. This has been a real problem in my life lately. I'm just, the indecisiveness has just really um, hit me lately. I don't know what it is. I think I, I, I go through phases. Sometimes I'm like, yes, I know exactly what I want. And right now I'm like, oh God, <laughs> decisions. I mean, uh, I kind of, one of my favourite artists on my list that I'm looking at is Katie Patterson. But she's so, like, kind of annoyingly the opposite in, in terms of, like, she. it's, like, very kind of stereotypically, like, fine art in terms of, like, it's not... I need to get better, like, <laughs> at talking about this kind of idea of, like, fine art versus, like, kind of accessible art because I think there's kind of, there's there's more of a... Maybe it's kind of, like... In a way, it's kind of like the commercial side of things. But again, I don't know if that's like underselling. I don't... Basically, I don't want to insult anyone's (laughs) art by being like, your art is like maybe a 5 out of 10 on the fine art scale. Like, I'm trying to not do that. But yeah, Katie Patton's art isn't kind of very Instagrammable in that it's very... I guess it's kind of quite conceptual. Mm -hmm. But what I like about it is... So I'm going off the very tenuous link of like art just art that just we enjoy i think that's a good way to end yeah (laughs) nice okay yeah i guess as opposed to like well the a previous episode i don't actually know which episode we're on right now but um where we just talked about our insecurities like we're trying to bring the vibe up right now um so yeah her art kind of takes i i like how it takes like fucking I don't know if I'm swearing on this podcast (laughs) and i basically just swore i can cut that out if we need (laughs) <laughs> um, oh god <laughs> do we want to set a rule now are we swearing or are we not i mean i think swearing's okay <laughs> okay right okay um i, I won't use it there anyway i'll just say it takes very large scale like ideas kind of like uni- universal 
I don't know if that's quite the right, like cosmic ideas mm. um, and brings it down to kind of like a human scale, if that makes sense. So she has so many, I might see if I can get her website up to kind of talk you through some of them. Although I will also do this vaguely briefly because I know I don't want to be, um, yeah, we're trying to keep this last one brief. Um, but there's one of hers that I really love that's called, oh no, oh, I'm so bad at knowing what things are called. I also just absolutely love every single piece of her work. Um, which is problematic because I'm scrolling through this all like, I want to talk about this one, I want to talk about this one. Um, okay, I obviously can't find the one that I want. Names, what's it called? Basically, she sent a piece of music to the moon and then kind of like reflected it off the surface of the moon and then it kind of like bounced back again and the the process of it like bouncing off the moon meant some of it got like removed. Like it wasn't a perfect kind of like bounce because it's not like a, I'm very much oversimplifying the science of this. Not that I know the science <laughs> of this, but you know, it's not like she's bouncing off a flat surface. Like it's bouncing off a very cratered surface. And so then the art piece was literally just that piece of music being played. And it was just every so often there was kind of like a gap in the music where that like music had been lost in space somewhere. Mm. And I just think it's a, such a like beautiful idea um, especially because it was the piece of music she chose was like Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, which I just, it's a lovely piece of music. Fitting as well. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's a very kind of, it, she, I haven't annoyingly like seen it in person, but she just kind of programmed a, I don't again, don't know how this works. I presume some kind of like electric piano to just effectively like be in a room, like playing itself just, mm. and I just love the kind of like, kind of like quiet vibe of it like it's very subdued it's very like here's a piano and it's playing some music and it's it's kind of calming and restful and then oh that's a weird gap there I wonder what that is and then you're like oh wow that's where the moon has kind of like had a part in this <laughs> in this collaboration like suddenly you're like you were just having a very personal moment and then suddenly you're like oh wow the moon like it's a very like physical tangible kind of impact mm. of the moon on the experience you're having yeah if that makes any sense whatsoever. And she also talks about how she likes the moon as a kind of representation of, like, it's that, like, middleman between, like, us and space. Yeah. You know, we can, we've got to the moon. We, we've kind of, like, touched that and we're like, yes, that is, you know, achievable. <laughs> and now we're like, Woo! and beyond, like, what can we do next? And, you know, we like, we can look up to the, the sky at night and see the moon in kind of, like, some detail. And then the stars beyond are just like little specks. Um, I have also found the name of this piece. It's called Earth, Moon, Earth. Um, oh, brackets, nice. Moonlight Sonata Reflected from the Surface of the Moon, just to explain what it is. Um, but yeah, she just has so many gorgeous artworks. Like one, one other shout out I'll just quickly give, although they're all amazing, is I think it's called um, Fossil Necklace, where she's taken, again, kind of self-explanatory, like she's taken bits of fossil and like carved each one into like a tiny little bead and each fossil is from a different like geological era and so then she's got this like massive fossil necklace that kind of is literally materially like encapsulates the history of the planet and is insane that is incredible um, so yeah that is my that, that is, is my last amazing, shout out. yeah i think also just quickly but that really um that really kind of plays on this idea of the sublime as well particularly like mm. edmund burke's approach to it and this idea of like, honestly, just being able to expose humans to something that is so, yeah, I guess cosmic is like the right word. It's just so immense um, that we're kind of almost, 
unable to understand it. And I think it's interesting as well, because I know he theorises that in order to, like, sort of be successful and, like, live happy lives, we need constant exposure to the sublime. And I think her work really kind of does that, because it's a constant reminder of, like, hang on, we are tiny. Look at what is going on around us. Like, (laughs) the fact that, like, you can wear a necklace that literally encapsulates time is insane. And the fact that you can listen to music that has bounced off the moon like it really kind of puts things into perspective a little bit um but yeah that just as a sort of last uh, note that kind of really reminded me of this idea of the sublime yeah yeah i think that's such a good point i don't know how i hadn't made that link before but yeah you're completely right it's very much yeah encapsulating that idea so yeah we'll end it on that note i guess just awesome, the sublime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely well I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Um, a little bit shorter than previous ones. Um, we don't know which order we're releasing these in, which is why I can't be like, last episode was this length and next episode is going to be this. But stay tuned. Yeah. Another yeah. episode will be on the horizon. Um, <laughs> I hope you come back. <laughs> Anything to add or should we go ahead um, there? No. I feel, like that's, I feel like we definitely have a habit of whenever we record these... We're always like, oh, yeah, we'll do another episode on that. And, oh, we'll do another episode on this. So, you know, get excited. You've yeah, got some interesting things to look out. forward to. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think Excellent. that's it. So thank you for joining us. Um, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.